0: Starburst Magazine is brought to you by Jaeger Water. This is Fat Radio International.
1: Embrace the alternative. This may all be happening right now. An adventure unlike anything on your planet. The story of a boy, a boy, and a universe. A big sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle light years ahead of its time. An epic of heroes and villains and aliens from a thousand worlds. A billion years in the making.
0: You have reached the event horizon of Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Wednesday, 8 p.m. until 10 p.m. Exclusive to Fab Radio International.
2: Hello and welcome to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International with me, Mike Royce, and Mr. Martin Unsworth. Hello. We are the editors of Starburst Magazine and we are here every week from 8 o'clock until 10 o'clock exclusively on Fab Radio International and we bring you the radio edition of the magazine, the world's longest running magazine of sci-fi, horror and fantasy and... We deal with anything that's out there. I mean, what what do we deal with? What don't we deal with? We just don't do mainstream stuff. If it's got vampires, it's got sci-fi, it's got robots, it's got lasers, or it's a bit deep or heightened reality, then you'll hear about it from us, and we cover video games and comics as well as the movie and TV but primarily you will get the movie and TV stuff that's the main stuff
3: that's that's our bread and butter for this show pretty really. much
2: yeah and I, I'm sort of a VR nut and every now and again you'll have me waffle on for 10 minutes about some game that's come out that's in VR but other than that, you're actually quite quite tech-free on this show. It's not it's not too bad.
3: It's just good because it's usually tech night.
2: Yeah. So, a bit of Star Trek stuff to start this week's news because I've been covering all this for months and months and months to do with um, IP rights and everything, and I'm going to explain a massive event that's happened with Star Trek, which I've been talking about for about a year on this show. But in to begin with, sadly, uh, René... Aubergine Aubergine it's like Aubergine that isn't it Auberginoi. yeah that's how you pronounce his name Uh, played Odo on Deep Space Nine and he died a couple of days ago and that's very sad because I do I'm a big fan of that show out out of all the Star Trek shows Deep Space Nine was my favourite I liked it best because you had a main you had the main characters about seven of them like you did with Voyager like you did with um, Next Gen but with this show you had another extended group of characters that were just equally as interesting and sadly you lost aaron eisenberg who played knock ferengi but like for example the with the ferengis you had rom he was a main character then you had someone who played his his brother um rom and then aaron eisenberg played his nephew uh, Nog, these were only supposed to be supporting actors that had turned up in an episode from time to time, but the strength of the writing on the show meant that characters like them and and um, a lot of other characters like Golda Cot who is playing a Cardassian and quite a few other people, they ended up massive in the show as well, so it was like a massive space opera and the story went across seven years, it wasn't like bottle episodes like Voyager like Deep Space Nine where not a lot had happened, but then you'd maybe have a two-part story every few years that might alter a few things. I think the biggest change was Deanna Troy got to uh, give up her cheerleader outfit and wear an actual uniform in the sixth season. That's about the the big change on that. But this, you miss an episode and someone's lost their arm or someone's dead or whatever. Things happened and they had permanent consequences. So... And that was it. He was a very good character, though. Rene Arbizony. That is it, because it is yes, yeah, um, yeah. it's French pronoun- pronunciation, and and the um, he he was in Benson. Do you remember him in Benson? I, mean, I
3: do remember in Benson.
2: Yeah, he played Clayton Endicott the Third. Yeah, yeah, and he, he was the the stuffy, stuffed up posh git who who would look down his nose at everybody else. But but he was but still a heart just a gold. Yeah. He was
3: still just the servant
2: yeah he was yeah but he thought he was a lot bigger than he, he was he he was um, like a secretary of state or something I can't remember now I mean in yeah. that uh, in, it was a uh, governor it was a, a governor wasn't he and and then Benson left the TV series Soap mm-hmm. and it, that was the spin off and then this character came in so he was sort of like a foil for him wasn't yeah. He? Yeah, he, yeah. He, he he didn't like Benson's crazy ways yep. did he he, um, he was
3: also in the the eyes of Laura Mars. He was indeed, which yeah. was written by John Carpenter.
2: Yeah, it, it, it it's true. And if you haven't seen that with Faye Dunaway, then you're missing a very, very, yeah. very good genre movie. So there's a recommendation. Yeah, and you can Not see really. it with
3: anybody you want. You don't have to see it with Faye Dunaway.
2: I, I'd be like, I in I'm just, I'm, I'm a bit slow. <laughs> I'm on medication, I'm slow, sorry I'm just looking at him like what's he talking about now <laughs> so yeah, he's he's passed away he was of an age, it's not like it was a big shock like the other one Aaron Eisenberg, that was a shock because he was so young and he suffered from a lot of liver problems and you know, he's quite ill, whereas with this it's more of a natural end it, it, it certainly um...
3: but he was very well loved in the, uh, in oh, the, cir- the circuit,
2: beloved Absolutely beloved. There is a if you go go on social media, there's an outpouring of affection for the guy. And I've got to say, Deep Space Nine of all of them, again another reason why I like it. I, I, it's very nice to see on social media, literally all the cast. Mates, they all seem to get on. They're all—I mean, maybe that's just me not knowing the truth. Maybe people are pretending a bit, but it does seem genuine to me. They, mm-hmm. they, yeah, especially Nana Visitor, who played Kira. She's yeah. devastated by by him passing, and she's been talking about what a massive influence she she wrote a piece. A eulogy for him in uh, it was printed in variety today have you seen no, no, it I've not seen it it's yet, really not. really well written and it was she did they just genuinely do seem to care about each other like a family mm. so that I think that was really nice and I, and i heard um I heard that Michael Dawn who played Worf when he arrived on set he felt it took him nearly till when the series ended, so he could fit in because they were so tightly knit as a group yeah. when when he arrived, so it does sound like that, so yeah, he's going to be sadly sadly missed, and obviously he lives on because we've 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 yet to see the h d versions of this, but it's only a matter of time because it's been what the big success story is people liked next gen anyway, people. They believe it or not, even Voyager that people moaned about and said, "Oh, it's a bit, a bit, it's not very good compared to next gen and whatever." Whereas that still had a commercial following. Deep Space Nine at the time was very much marmite. People were watching it, and unlike you could watch Voyager and go, "Oh yeah, it's another ship that sort of looks like an Enterprise. It's got monsters every week and new races. It's got a captain, um, happens to be female, but she's pretty much of the same mold." And Deep Space Nine was a space station, rooted there. Later on, they added uh, Defiant ship so they could go and explore, and it gave the writers a bit more scope. But on the whole, the show was was very different. It was was very dark and dirty and gritty, and in a really, really good way, unlike when you see some shows now that are deliberately po-faced. This had the right balance. It felt like a, a slightly more realistic take on the world of Star Trek and it would deal with it, whereas normally there'd be a peace agreement needed and Picard would negotiate it and then everyone would go off and it would be a nice happy ending. In Deep Space Nine there was never a happy ending. The the uh, people, that they signed the peace deal and then you'd create a band of terrorists then that would be hanging round for six months. That's where the Maquis come from and all that. It's a
3: bit uh, like real yeah. life. That.
2: Yeah, yes, It was very much based on it. You had a lot of allegories and, and it did show the horrors of war and there were lasting consequences for the characters. Um, what happened was it came on Netflix alongside the others, and you know that it outperformed on Netflix, and Netflix, were, they, they've only occasionally men- mentioned figures because, mm. as I've said to you, they're very clandestine about this. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very odd because there seems to be shows that are doing well and then suddenly they just get cancelled on Netflix, whereas you'd think God, they'd be able to run and run on there with that model, but they don't and you wonder why maybe some shows they're making out are successful and not actually being as watched as, as you think mm, um, they they gave, and, and they say that they're not able to give precise figures in the same way you get attendance figures at a cinema well that's really strange because this weekend they announced that 28 million people had downloaded oh sorry, had streamed uh, the Irishman last mm. week. So they do know. Of course they they're know. Some, they're liar, liars, you know. And um, then, so, basically, Deep Space Nine, all of them came on at once. Um, Star Trek Next Generation, Voyager and Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine um, streamed three times more than, than the other two. Three times right. more. Um, so I think, if you want my opinion, I think it's because it was more mature. I think that it didn't do that well when it first came out because it was long-form storytelling before the days of Breaking Bad. This was in the 90s, remember? Yeah, yeah. It, it was This was like 93 through to 2000. You, you're talking 20 years too early, aren't you, really? And I think that's what it is. The depth for the characters as well, having seven years to flesh them out, very, very good, plus, obviously, 24 episodes a season. Yeah, yeah. So, times seven. Work that one out. That's yeah. a major investment. If I say to you, here, borrow my uh, box set of all the seasons, yeah. y- I won't see you for a year or two. Yeah. You know, <laughs> see <that's>, you later. <laughs> that's, that's the problem, isn't it? But anyway, moving on to something more positive, I've been moaning about Star Trek on here, and I've been saying this yeah. romance yeah. issue is a nightmare yeah and it's and it's making them produce crap like discovery where it's supposed to be a sequel but can't look like a sequel or they'll get sued it has to be 25% different because they're under a bad robot license so I'll very quickly explain it years ago you used to have um, you used to have a company that it, it was it was the old desilu company morphed into various different companies ended up being that um that you had a Paramount which had a TV arm and movies and they owned all of Star Trek so if you had like for example you went to the cinema and saw Star Trek 6 The Undiscovered Country at the same time Next Generation was on air and you had characters from that that were playing their uh, their grandfather of the character that was in the other show yeah mm-hmm. are you with me you had crossovers between the movies you even had episodes of Voyager where they recreated some bits of um, Star Trek 6 so they could have an episode all about Sulu you had Scotty turning up in Next Gen and and walking onto a holodeck perfect recreation of the uh, Enterprise in the 60s you had, and then it reached its absolute pinnacle with Deep Space Nine on the um, anniversary Star Trek ish episode. They had a sequel to Tribbles that was the actual episode, mm. the trouble with Tribbles, but with with uh, the Deep Space Nine crew mooching around and being part of it. You had oh, yeah, two okay. separate, like Back to the Future too. They had the rights; they could do that. So what happened is during the last ten years, in between the original Star Trek movies finishing and the abrams version they split the company and paramount became two entities one was cbs and they retained the tv rights they were primarily a television production company and um and basically that, this was viacom splitting into it it was viacom it split into cbs for tv and paramount they retained the Paramount image because it was synonymous with films. So you had the two. But here's the problem. Then you had Paramount, who'd been producing Star Trek movies, couldn't produce Star Trek movies because CBS were... They had the rights. So JJ went, look, I want to make a Star Trek movie. So they had to get a licence from their own sister company because they didn't hold the rights. So Bad Robot got a license and that's why you had those movies looking the way they did. They weren't allowed to use the IP. So that's gone on for quite a while. Now the problem with that is that situation was still in place so CBS were not wanting to spend money on on Star Trek Discovery thinking they could get it outsourced because that was a good deal for them. I mean, CBS and uh, Paramount, that was great that Bad Robot came along and went, we'll make it. Just we take the money, we'll give you a cut, and we'll have exclusivity on the merch. And they went, okay. And then when it got to the final signing, they turned around and said to JJ, yeah, you can't have the merch, sorry, because we want to sell our own Star Trek stuff, and you want us to not have any Star Trek merch, even the classic stuff, Mm. available for five years. I'm not doing it. Balls to you. So then he was very pissed off, and that's why he did the first movie, and then... Passed it over to Alex Clueless Kurtzman and and Co. While he went off to do Star Wars, yeah, yeah, yeah. because he was taught, he was going to devote himself to Star Trek for ten years, and he was going to make sure that he, this new version of Star Trek was the Star Trek. So if you went in a shop, it'd be you wouldn't see a William Shatner lookalike figure with the old uniform; you'd see his characters. Yeah, yeah, and then they could both coexist. After that. And he just wanted a period where he could cement that version yeah. and they wouldn't give him that. So cut a long story short, they that went on for a while and as you know they, they ended up with Star Trek Into Darkness it was a disaster critically, even though it made money. Then you had the last one Beyond it's, it's Star Trek Beyond it Craig? It Always makes me think of madness. Yeah. <laughs> one step beyond <laughs> do, 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 Star Trek Beyond. It were it just bombed catacombs at the box uh, ironically office.
3: that was better than Into Darkness it
2: was way better than Into Darkness it was actually funny it wasn't as po-faced and it was a laugh but the it bombed it really bombed so that was sort of putting an end to that in the meantime CBS went well we want to do a TV show don't want to pay for it let's have Discovery we'll do it as a prequel and then they asked Bad Robot to come and do it and then they were hit with a massive load of problems Brian Fuller was on board to make the show and then he ended up being got rid of because his he get, there was a guy a a sexual predator was running <laughs> I'm sorry, Les Moonves was a sexual predator, and he was running CBS action he was running cbs as the entire company and now he's gone because they've cleaned house and they've been very responsible and they acted very quickly they didn't let it linger and give him the benefit of the doubt they went yeah too many people have said the same thing sunshine sorry and on your bike now he he wanted to make money out of star trek but brian fuller came to him with all the design sketches all the stuff for discovery And then, and they they were told by the lawyers they had to be twenty five percent different. So even so, it still looked quite retro that it could be ten years before Mm. Star Trek, Kirk and Spock, the Enterprise. But there were certain differences, and Les Moonves said that doesn't look like the Star Trek at the cinema because at that point in his head. The, the, the Abrams one, he wanted the Abrams one on TV. Yeah, yeah. So then he insisted on all the changes and that's why you got all the Klingons, all the stuff, but they weren't allowed to have stuff. So you had to, at the end of the first season, the Enterprise turns up and it's supposed to be ten years before Star Trek original series and it looked like it looked like a hot rod. It looked like it just looked like a different ship, yeah. and everything looked different. The uniforms were more advanced. They were communicating with holograms. And all right, the ship back shuffled, and, uh, and and later on in the show, you had um, Captain Pike, who who was there. He's the guy who was in the cage, yeah. the original yeah. captain before they got rid of him and got William Shatner. And he he just makes one throwaway comment and goes, "Hey, oh, all these holograms. I just want to use view screens from now on." So that, but that don't cover it because no. the ship it looked like it looked like it did now it did now it looked really modern, really hyper tech, really heightened like Abrams stuff is. So that was the trap they were in. So they started doing Picard. Now Moonves going that was uh, she was ousted because the actual chairman of CBS had a daughter. And he wasn't very well, the guy who had CBS. He was actually in a fire 10 years earlier and he got badly burnt and he was having less and less control of the the company, so he turned it over to his daughter. Now, you can imagine his daughter wasn't too happy with those those little shenanigans that he was getting on with so yeah. she was very very prominent in his oustering and she also said this has been a disaster splitting this company mm. why is it split there's no tax benefit there's nothing all you've got are very expensive lawyers drawing up agreements between two companies it's costing a fortune and we can't use star trek and she's into star trek so have got a fan of star trek back in control And she says, I want to merge them. And the merge has been going on for two years, and it's gone on while they've been developing Star Trek Picard. Mm. And I said to you, the first footage that you saw and all the stuff, it was a very generic uniform, although they could cheat a bit because it's based 30 years after the next gen. So things would look different and more modern. It's a lot easier to not use IP when you're dealing with the future you're forward not backwards but it did mean you wouldn't see the Enterprise D it meant you wouldn't see anything or flashbacks or or anything and you'd be very stuck on characters as well you'd have to have if you had Geordie LaForge he probably couldn't have his eyes a bit funny because they'd go yeah that's that that's that property anyway 5th of December it's finally happened you now no longer have CBS you no longer have Viacom you now have Viacom CBS on the fifth and they've instantly started reshooting loads of bits of Star Trek Picard oh god <laughs> oh only superficial though now if you want i know what's going to happen there they're just going to be reshooting bits so that they can have flashbacks and, and certain things that link with with it they put out the latest trailer and I knew that the imminent. I knew that this merging was about to be signed off within weeks because for the the first couple of bits you've seen, they were all. How can I put it? The, the there was no old stuff, was there? No. Well. So so in the last trailer, if you look, there's actually a hologram of the Enterprise D on the uh, floating round in the in the background so they which they could have easily got rid of if this hadn't have happened before Mm. it went but they knew the timing and they knew that it would emerge so it looks like even though I still don't think there's any rescue in Discovery because it's impossible at this stage it's two seasons in and it looks the way it does I think Star Trek Picard now can deep dive it can it can look like a proper sequel to Star Trek The Next Generation and every other Thing that gets produced by Star Trek now will be able to do exactly what they always did and make sure that everything looks the same and it all fits in.
3: Yeah, which is basically what people want.
2: Yeah. It's what I say, it's the thing I write about in my column all the time, stuff I rant about on here all the time, and it's when the, the suits get involved and it's all about money, contracts. Nobody's interested in what, people that are going to watch these things are getting out of it they're not interested that someone's spent you know a thousand quid collecting all the DVDs and the Blu-rays and and they've been watching the stuff religiously and they they care deeply about it they just want to get a deal and it's annoying isn't it yeah yeah Anyway, so that's that's up to date on Star Trek. If you want to email in, we'll just have a first break now, but if you want to email in it's studio at fabradiointernational.com and the the rest of the show can be completely Star Trek free. <laughs>
0: Starburst Radio, brought to you by the editors of the world's longest-running magazine of sci-fi, horror, and fantasy, every Wednesday, 8pm till 10pm, exclusive to Fab Radio International.
1: the world heavyweight boxing champion match his fists against the lethal masters of the martial arts bamboo gods and iron men from harlem to hong kong and across the china sea they fear the name the fame and the fury of black cal jefferson the champ he matched a left hook and a right cross against the skills of the kung fu killers And hit them right where they live. In the land of bamboo gods and iron men. Where the naked fist is deadlier than a bullet. Black Cal Jefferson. He carved a path of vengeance and violence across the land of bamboo gods and iron men. From American International. Rated R. Under 17. Not admitted without parent.
0: Starburst Radio. Just when you thought the day couldn't get any more worse, fabradiointernational.com,
2: and welcome back to Starburst Radio. And you don't say it like she does. I certainly don't. No, no. She's um, she's an interesting lady. She's, she's <laughs> yeah. revitalising our image. Yeah, we got coming up a special interview after the next break. So you've only got if you can hang in for half an hour. Yeah. You're going to you're going to get to listen to the dulcet tones of Danny Glover. Yeah, so
3: a proper superstar.
2: Yeah. So what um, you'll have to tell me after we've listened to the interview what he was like. Tell them why you were interviewing him and what's going on. Uh,
3: but because last weekend he did the uh, for the love of sci-fi convention here mm-hmm. in Manchester at Bowlers, which went really well. I nipped down briefly on Saturday. Mm. Uh, very busy. They had a lot of big stars. Carl Urban, mm. uh, John Berth, Noel. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I got introduced to uh, Brian Blessed very briefly. Yeah. Very nice guy. Yeah, uh, everybody always says that. His, his Q&A was hilarious. Yeah. Effing and jeffing like a trooper. Yeah, no, we kids there.
2: Yeah, brilliant. brilliant stuff.
3: Excellent. That's what I like. Yeah, of course. Uh, but it was very good. And they've, uh, th- they've announced the guests for next year already. Okay. Oh the big guests for next year. Oh really? Uh which only for one day. Yeah. They do it two days, I think the fifth and sixth of December. Mm. Uh Millie Bobby Brown.
2: Okay.
3: Uh I think that's looking like to be sold out. Yeah, that'll you know, do it well all, all sort of like, you know, meet and greets and photos and things like that are gonna be
2: So all are all them kids gonna be there?
3: I don't think all of them they had uh, they had a couple of them last yeah. year.
2: Well, one with a funny teeth's got his own TV show now.
3: Yeah, he was there last year. Yeah, have you, I,
2: seen have you heard about his show? I've not heard about his show. No, I know he's be, got a rock band. There used to be a show called Chop Tactics. They had to stop making it because it, they got too many claims, yeah? <laughs> it was candid camera, but going way, way, way too far with prosthetics. So for, you'd get some... You'd set someone... Like i set say we were young and that, i I'd, I'd, Send your name in and go. I know this guy, and he's he's scared of dead people or he's scared of whatever, and, <laughs> and he's looking for work. And people. then and then you get your temp agency, then they arrange for your temp agency to, to send you to funeral directors to intern for a couple of days, yeah. And then you're given the uh, they get they mocked up this uh crematorium unit, yeah. Um, and they put them so in the fire, it, yeah. Well, no, what they did do is he said put you've just got to press this lever hold it and then it'll just fire up it's done in 20 minutes I know you it's not very nice but it's fine you know and then he went and did it and then when you saw fire coming out of little bits at the top It was all mocked up. There was nothing going on inside. It was just bits of art. And then you heard someone going, bang, 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 bang. Let me out. I'm still alive and all that. And then he went and stopped it and got... um, And then he stopped it, turned it off, and then he opened the door. And then the guy was done up with all burns and everything, all prosthetics. And he came out and he's going, you burned me. I'm going to kill you. Uh, And chased him. Uh, It's too much, isn't
3: it? And then he chopped his head off and... (laughs) They had to cancel the show. See, it wasn't it, it they, went, it That's went, not the one... It went that, all Noel Edmonds on them.
2: They didn't get sued for that. The one they got sued for was they did an alien um, kidnap. So someone, they were in a car and then there the was a massive beam of light that was from a helicopter. But then um, he got tucked somewhere forcibly, yeah, and held and it was... And, in, and probed. Yeah, well, they didn't get to that point, but the person believed it totally. And that, so he's doing a sort of toned down version of that. Now he's got a, he's basically got a hidden camera show where it's like game,
3: game for a laugh.
2: Yeah, it's a bit more. It's like a halfway between game for a laugh and shock tactics. It's uh, sorry, scare tactics. I think it was called. And he's, they'll, um, the, the i have only seen one, and he. Someone gets sent there on a babysitting gig, yeah, and she's the one who's set up, and everyone in the house are all actors, and there's possessed dolls, and the dolls start coming to life and attacking her.
3: Well, that's just normal, normal yeah. weekend for you. I
2: know, there you go. So he's doing, he's, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's a funny-looking guy, isn't he? He's a funny-looking little guy, isn't he? That's not very fair. Yeah, I know, but you, the guy out, we were talking the other week, Sixth Sense... He started out like quite a nice, cute-looking lad who you'd think, oh, he's going to grow up to be a Leonardo DiCaprio or something, and he's going to be a leading man, and, and yeah, he's I grown just, up properly, hasn't he?
3: He's got a metabolism problem, I'm sure.
2: What do you mean? He
3: well, can't stop eating.
2: You say he can't stop eating, you know. It's a sweeping statement, that. You Maybe you're right, but it's, that doesn't explain his face. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> anyway, so that that's um, yeah, yeah. I hope I hope they get all of them. They yep. sort of hang round together. I don't know about her, but the lads all hang round together, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. They hassled Jeremy Corbyn, you know.
4: What's up, y'all? We are super excited to be a part of this. DQ
1: Swanky, yeah. <laughs> what we're gonna be doing is Stranger's Things. We're going to try to go around the room and find VIP guests and take selfies with them or take items from them. It'll be a little bit of an embarrassing experience, but kind of exhilarating. I hope the people are nice. I
0: hope no one yells at us. No, they punch us in the face. No, no. No punching at us. I like the
1: jacket. Thank you very much. I like yours too. Thank you very much. How much do you like the jacket? A lot. Actually. A lot? So wonderful. too small for me though. you want to try it on?
2: It's the size problem. Okay.
1: It's the size problem? I can imagine My shoulder. Oh, sure. Your shoulder. It would work. I like your jacket. Yeah. What if I try yours on real quick? Well, I think I'll stick.
0: around.
2: To swap jackets with him, and he was—he didn't get the joke. Oh no, he didn't get it at all. I didn't know who they were. No, he didn't know who they were. It was like some embarrassing granddad moment, wasn't it? <laughs> like, who were, who were these? And like any everybody else around, it was dead funny because you could see people around going, "Oh look, it's them off Stranger Things." Oh look, it's them off Stranger. Things. And he was literally the only person in the building that didn't know that they were the kids off Stranger Things, and but, you know. But
3: for anybody listening live, uh, regardless of his... Lack of sense of humour with his coat. Vote Labour.
2: Yeah, you have to vote Labour. Yeah, you're no choice. And now I'm not bothered about contaminating the show with politics. You've got a, a real-world, dark sci-fi prime minister like Summer out of 1984 Yeah, If, if you if you, if you want to otherwise.
3: live in the road, the film and the book, yeah. then you know where to vote. But if you don't...
2: You'd yep. Vote against it. That's it, and and you ain't got long to think about it. And don't think that oh, I can't make my mind up. I don't know what to do. You bet you need to vote.
3: And don't listen to the bollocks you're being peddled.
2: Nope, and there's plenty of that.
3: So that's seriousness gone. Yep. Let's let's get goofy again. And
2: one little plug: if you don't want to watch BBC, you don't want to watch ITV. The show that I do, the politics show, is on tomorrow night, and it is going to cover the election results live, so we're going to be carrying through right through the night till You're 6 in the morning You're going to we're have gonna a be...
3: massive election all through the night
2: I will, I'm going to try and keep that election up all night
3: Also coming up later on we're going to be re- revealing more details about our festival next year Yes indeed So uh keep tuned
2: So if people were wondering whether we're having one we certainly are, yeah, and it's well, in planning right now
3: Yeah, we've got Couple of announcements, mm-hmm. very exciting. Yeah,
2: I so saw a very um, controversial movie. The other way, I'm not going to name it, but it's on at the festival. Mm-hmm. I might, if you if you come over and speak to me and Martin, we might step. We might push you in the direction of this film, well, but with I- a caveat that you cannot be of a sensitive disposition.
3: I'm going to tell you all about that later.
2: Yep, and we got a couple of emails. Ooh, blimey, Russons were there. Evening, chaps. And grapple my grape nuts just for i pop in and ask, is it me or is the Mandalorian just getting better and better? And unlike Rogue One, I'm not feeling sick with the revisiting of landmark places. Instead, I'm feeling like it's natural and loving the embracing of it. Right, I'll carry on. There's more, but I'll just answer that one. Yeah, yeah it's well made. It feels like Star Wars. That's it. There's no agendas there. It, in fact, if anything, it's a very old fashioned TV show.
3: Yep, and he's obviously just come back from the States. That's why he's been watching it.
2: Absolutely. And it is. It's a very. I mean, if you love Star Wars, I don't see how you can not like that show. There's nothing. And I'll be honest, it's very accessible. Yeah. They're very accessible. Yeah. And, you know, I especially. You like. I mean, it's great when it revisits the cantina. And it does, there's a scene where the cantina out of yeah. Star Wars is in it. It's, and it's, it's totally flipped. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant, And
3: I wanted the band to still be playing.
2: I I miss them. Would you do like that, to... Do that song again! Or maybe they should have been busking outside or something. Yeah. They should have been there, shouldn't they? Or Jar Jar's outside busking, <laughs> you know. He also says, uh, I only hope all future Star Wars is this quality and we'll find out if Rise of Skywalker is just as good come midnight this time next week. Well... Whoa... Oh, the it's a mixed bag on that. You, there's a lot of access media who who have been given a lot of internal um, access to the to it, and they've been sort of at the loyalty sort of bought. They're saying it's brilliant. Some people are a bit woo wah Hayden Christiansen is in downright revolution about it. He's not happy with the way something's gone down. Oh,
3: they're they've reckoning. <laughs>
2: well the the this is it I mean I can say more when it's been when it's out I know certain bits and there'll be more and I've deliberately not looked at the the source that i, I normally use for this sort of thing um HP. well i mean has actually seen the film and for uh, yeah John Boyega is not happy with with the film. But there's that, another thing. We just you, got to wait and see. Was think. you hanging about with him? And... No. Well, I've just I've heard, I've heard. That's all. So it's I do not know what to think. I mean, to be honest, anything's better than the last one for me. it would have to be absolutely apocalyptic for me not to prefer it the, to the last one. It's a good so, job
3: Chris isn't on this one.
2: I can't help how I feel. I've not been I've not been grabbed by the the new trilogy that much. Uh, I really haven't. I started off at the beginning. I thought. I thought, okay, it's a bit of a remake of Episode Four, the New Hope. Kind of like Kylo Ren, he's good. The Knights of Ren seem really interesting, and basically this, this. But you can't go and do that to Luke Skywalker because I'm just not going to be on board with that, and that was that's my problem, and I can't get past it. And I've had plenty of time. I've seen it twice, and I won't be ever watching it again. It just doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. It just didn't. And I don't like the story and I'm not a big fan of, of that interpretation of that character. Now, you know, it's all well and good trying to do, bring something in a new direction. But I've got to say, I mean, it, it's supposed to be a mainstream movie. It's supposed to be a blockbuster, really is. It, it starts with the the clue is in the opening line a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then it's like, there was a prince who lived in a castle. It's a fairy story. Of course it is. For children. And I didn't think that film was appropriate for that. It wasn't fit for purpose. It's like buying a, buying a car and ended up with a speedboat, you know. But I have high hopes because they've spent an awful lot of time in it and JJ has obviously been told, you split the fan base with the other film, let's try and get as many people back on board. There's been a lot of goodwill generated by The Mandalorian. That's going to help, isn't it? Because that that that'll make people feel like oh no, they they do care, and look, this is the Star Wars we want, isn't it? Yeah. Also, in prep for Christmas, I'm listening daily to old podcasts. Today was the Ace aftermath, still cracks me up. Oh bloody hell, that one! Yeah, yeah, remember that? That was that was that was the worst idea in the world. That really was. No,
3: is that is that
2: the one where it's the one where was it came back
3: and you zipped up. Uh, I did, yeah. Keith Lemon,
2: I was, yeah, and and then we were we were over at Fab, and we were saying goodbye to the guy from the publishing company, and then Ripper's turned up and went, "Oh right, so you're not doing the show tonight? Then it's so uh, you're having the night off because you had to go to that event." I went, "No, no, we're doing the show," and he looked horrified.
3: Yeah, and I'm sat here waiting for you.
2: Yeah, you were with me. No, I wasn't. You that, that, that... were having a drink in the bar with me. Was I Yeah, you oh, were yeah. Oh, actually. No. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to, well, what was going to happen then? Oh, I wasn't going to come back from, you were with me at the do.
3: I wasn't, that that one with the zipping up was Graham.
2: Oh, was that Graham? Oh, shit, maybe I you were I, waiting for me then. I, uh, yeah, but I think. Are it, you sure you weren't there as well? I th- no, there were three of us there.
3: No, it wasn't me. It was but you. It wasn't. You, te- you didn't see
2: Gr- Keith Lemon? No. All right. I was okay.
3: there after that. All right. right. He texted me and said, I mean, Fab, come over for one. Oh day, no, that's uh, right. And I went yeah. over. Said, that's right. I'll oh, be doing it then. Come on. Yeah.
2: Uh, it wasn't that bad then. <laughs> <laughs> it got worse as it went on. It had started uh, that was to me. really, <laughs> yeah. It had really started to hit at that point. Um, it turns out that using this equipment and trying to think it wasn't, no. wasn't going to happen. Uh, yes, the script of of Doom taking its first. Balamy. Oh, right, was he in your uh, panto? This being my third panto script to start killing off, maybe is that is that they all feature the Starburst pink flute in a Cornetto type way. Ross, uh, P.S. Blobhead, I've actually got you a present pre-birthday this year, haha. Oh, right, that's good. That's you, that, isn't it, yeah. Blobhead? That's yeah. a weird one, isn't it, Blobhead?
3: <laughs> um, yeah. He was Blobhead, really. Yeah. He just uses it against me. Yep.
2: Oh, God, so this is a different point of view on this. See, I was trying to steer it away from bashing Star Wars. I said a little bit, which I haven't well, said for ages about that film. No, no. I won't be no, saying but... it again. I'm back I'm back on the positive mode, but Sugar, now got something to say about this. Hi, Mike. I had to email this week, early I know, but hoping you will read this out. I'm happy to read this out. I haven't got to the end, so I'm hoping this, this doesn't get to be too offensive, because... <laughs> no, it won't be he's 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 a sensible one Um, as an early star wars fan this franchise is becoming more and more embarrassing by each release the latest mandalorian is another example of just terrible writing from people that very likely never watched star wars before everything about the mandalorian is an assault to boba fett from the lack of coolness cheesy dialogue clint eastwood imitation to the wimpy personality and backstory that makes no sense the silly looking gizmo they try to pass off as Yoda is only accepted by fanboys or the very least sophisticated movie bro is there is zero focus on anything it's like they just threw in a bunch of random likeable characters from the original love trilogy to appease fans but it's done without any rhyme or reason the story is all over the place going from one thing to another without connection whatsoever it reminds me of the very promising lost series which ended up being a bunch of just random gibberish I could literally write a two hour review pointing out minute by minute what's wrong with it and that would include the horrible acting. Just seeing a land speeder and a few characters from the cantina scene isn't enough to quench my thirst. The only real reason why they are rave reviews is due to the dismal quality of films and shows being released, so anything remotely decent gets accolade by the public. However, this is a total letdown. That's the first... Negativity. Yeah, I've, I've seen I'm about sure. it. No, I. I do like. It's quite he, wrong as well. Paul Ripley, the station manager. Oh yeah, the, he doesn't like he it. He absolutely hates it as well. So you are not alone, sugar. I actually quite like it, but then it it's I, it, it's a bit of simple TV for me. It's not Boba
3: Fett. It's not meant to be Boba Fett. No, I know he's. So you're getting the wrong end of the stick, I think.
2: No, I don't. I don't know. Um, it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean. I'm trying to be objective about it, and and I don't I don't know. I mean, the music's I mean, it, good. It, it, but it's it's a more lot of a really... homage
3: to the spaghetti western and and things like that. Sergio
2: and... Leone, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah,
3: and, and even the, the 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 Japanese westerns, the you know Lone Lone Wolf and Cart and things like.
2: That. Mm. Oh, and who else is saying? Is it me or tonight? Or or tonight? The seventies Dollar Mighty episode sounds all deep, and Shaft-like what's it mean I
3: don't know I don't know what that means my voice is a bit funny I know that
2: is that it because I've,
3: I've I've been having a cold recently. Right, I
2: thought you met an old one. Then. I'm trying to remember what they were all called, but yeah. you know, yeah, baby.
3: I'm trying, trying my best to be all yeah. sensual.
2: Bloody hell, that was another. Uh, that was a, a a a a film that I thought was absolutely brilliant. But oh my yeah, God, the the PC backlash that Shaft got was was crazy. Yeah, absolutely bloody mental. Lo- I mean, loved
3: Shaft. Yeah, loved Dull
2: yeah, I know. They, they, this is it. And, you know, Shaft had a sense of humour about it. Yeah. You know, it was... It, it was knew great. what it was. Yeah, and it was a great way of bringing some characters back, but all, all he heard was this toxic masculinity Um The argument. whole
3: point was getting a Away from that yeah, it, was, know, it was it was showing that up as a it was as a parody.
2: That was the joke. Yeah. That the, the new these is That's,
3: that new kid was going, Oh God, do you have to do Jesus that? Jesus Christ, you know? yeah,
2: because he, he was he was quite a uh, quite a, a hip now character who, yeah. who existed in the here and now and his his dad was like a dinosaur and his granddad was even worse. You yeah. Know? And, and it's
3: you know, it was showing them up for the, the dinosaurs they were, like you say. Yeah, I know.
2: Susan Hanks is here, she's saying hey, hi Mike and Martin, Merry Hello. Christmas. You need a listener's party.
3: We do. We
2: do. We will, we will I mean we do have get togethers every now and again. Let, mean, let us know when you're free. Indeed. Um Loss is saying hi Mike greetings, how come you do not have a camera in the studio so we can watch as well?
3: Because That's a bit weird.
2: We did at one point, have one. we'd have
3: to put pants on.
2: I even did one on Periscope. One, one we did, one week. we did, we
3: did that one. I remember that. It was a bit distracting. I, I periscoped you, and you periscoped me, and it was yeah, awful. No, this is the um, you ended up just playing to the Periscope people.
2: Yeah, I know. This is it. You got, you got very distracted. Come. That's a problem, and it is, it is difficult. And when we go on break. Sometimes we're having an argument about other stuff and we're talking about and shooting the breeze about other stuff. And, yeah, and you do to see me, It might look too, quite weird. <laughs> it might look quite weird. Mike fucking Caldwell. Hey, uh, the, the Mount. Cock. Yeah, mounty's right about the pre-apocalypse show. It's brilliant, like Survivor's Only Better. Frankly, can I also say on this auspicious evening that Boris Johnson is a complete cunt. I also say this on this auspicious... On this, I also say on this auspicious evening that Boris Johnson is a cunt. I'm not sure, can we use that word?
3: Uh, you're only reading out an email. So oh yeah, that's alright. It, so it's not you saying it. No, indeed. So, so that's all We right. apologise for the language yeah, of, anyone of, who's offended of a guest on an email. It's
2: not me. Kev Murphy, evening, are you voting tomorrow? Can you see a movement in the universe? I can see a bowel movement in the universe. We can only hope. My my party, which is uh, Labour, are are still slightly behind enough to give a certain someone a majority of maybe 18 to 20-odd seats, which is enough to wreck the country. But politics, what do you do? What do you do? That's why, that's why... Never trust the polls. That's why I work in this magazine, because it's also depressing. At least with this, I can concentrate on robots and stuff. Yeah. You know, Gaz Newborn. Sorry to mention politics. I always listen when you do elections, but my God, this one is so important. We'll be listening tomorrow. Fuck work. Exactly, Gaz. I think everyone should watch it to a certain degree tomorrow night, because there's so much at stake. And As and, long as they've you,
3: voted, though. Yeah. Please, that's the big thing. Yeah,
2: do vote. If do vote.
3: Otherwise, you cannot moan about how shit things are going to get.
2: Yeah, Ace Riley. Hi, Mike. Uh, huge fan of the Mancunian candidates, and we'll be listening tomorrow. My question: Who would Luke vote for, and who would the Darth vote for?
3: Oh, I think that... <laughs> we've got one that looks like a Obi Wan. Well, Luke, Alec Guinness's Obi Wan. The
2: old Luke would have would have probably voted for. Um, Labour, but I reckon the, uh, the the new one would probably uh, not vote. He'd probably just stay in that cave, wouldn't he? Yeah. But um, Darth, they would Darth vote for? Well, I think, I think, um, I think, I think running, he's got an awful lot in common with, this, with Boris, to be honest.
3: Apart yeah. from the fact that Darth Vader can actually put a sentence together.
2: Mm-hmm. Indeed. Sounds, without, without
3: doing Frankie Howard impressions.
2: Sounds a bit better. Have you got anything um, before we go to break? There's absolutely zip Ryan. on...
3: On the uh, Twitters But we didn't give it out so We didn't Starburst underscore mag If yep. you wish to have a little like or anything Because
2: it's quicker than even email It's just there instantaneously Anyway we're going to have a break And then we'll come back And then Martin can introduce you To a very my, special my, gentleman My new best friend He certainly is And and we won't be long And you'll get to, you'll get to see this gentleman I've already mentioned who it is but there you go. It's not, it's not the guy who was uh, playing a young um, Lando Calrissian, let's put it that way.
4: <laughs> My name's Barry Holland, Lieutenant Renz from Return of the Jedi.
3: You
2: rebel
4: scum. What
3: are you doing? Listening to the Starburst Radio Show on fabradiointernational.com.
0: Starburst Radio, the home of Chris Hayes. He used to work in a video shop. Did you know that?
1: Ah! Scream with the devil Go wild with the witch Now, twice the terror In one double shock show First, the most astounding downpour of horror ever seen The Devil's Reign Starring William Shatner And John Travolta in his most exciting film From the creators of Planet of the Apes Heaven help us all When the devils reign Plus, on the same show The girl with the powers of the super unnatural The virgin witch She'll take you on and turn you on the witching hour is here the virgin witch see two double shockers from joseph Brenner releasing the devil's reign plus the virgin witch together they'll leave you gasping this program rated r
0: Starburst Radio, your chance to hang out with the editors of Starburst Magazine as they talk bollocks for two hours every week. Starburst Magazine, issue 467. Available from a newsagent near you or download to your tablet today. Radio
2: and welcome back to Starburst Radio, and we've got a very special interview uh, yeah. Martin will be able to introduce. Well, first
3: of all, I'm glad that we've actually pl- plugged the magazine a little bit then, with that, uh, <laughs> that sting, because we've not mentioned it properly yet. We
2: certainly haven't. No. Well, let's do that now. Yeah,
3: go out and buy the magazine, it's great.
2: Yeah, indeed. And yeah. it's and it's got Star Wars on the cover. It has
3: all about the Rise of Skywalker, that so, film that'll be out next week.
2: Indeed, so you can get ready for the the final chapter of the Star the Skywalker saga, and yep. we cover all of that. There's loads of good stuff in it, and it's always good. And we just sent to print the issue after, which we'll tell. We may be able to chat about next week, but just to remind you, this is the last live show. Of um 2019 because next week we it will be our Christmas special which will be a pre-record but we'll be going out at the same time eight o'clock until 10 and if you miss any of these shows you can get them on iTunes as a podcast
3: yes and don't forget to like and subscribe
2: that would be very helpful and appreciated so so this interview
3: yeah uh like I mentioned it was for the love of ho- uh, love of sci-fi last yeah. weekend. So I, I went down on the, the press day, and I, I had a chat with two people. You'll hear the other one later on, no mm-hmm. doubt. Uh, but but Danny Glover, yeah. w- what a star! He's uh, well known, obviously, for, for Lethal Weapon, but mm-hmm. he's he's been in a load of films from The Color Purple onwards. And uh, we, we we chat a bit about Lethal Weapon and a bit about his his current film Jumanji: The Next yeah. Level.
2: That's why you were. Uh interviewing him.
3: Yeah, and uh, and that's come out this week. So he was giving me a little bit of a... Well, you'll hear it. Yeah. A, a lovely a lovely bloke. I've got on really well with him.
2: Right, well, let's find out.
3: First of all, you're part of one of the major franchises from the 80s, Lethal Weapon. <laughs>
4: yeah. well, what was that like to be in? <sighs> oh, man. You... Uh... 33 years ago you know what I'm saying the first one we're shooting we had wrapped in September started shooting July August September we wrapped the first one in September and no one knew had any any possibility of what this would turn into I mean there's no inclination that it was you know I think there are a lot of elements that bring about this moment in time, not just us as individuals, simply, yeah. but a moment in time yeah, where the started. idea yeah. where we're two a black man and a white man become partners and everything else, yeah, and with the brilliance of of of, of 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 certainly Dick Donner and the creators and everything else in terms of bringing us together, and and find some to, to find this the kind of Magic, I think that that happens with, with, in the way in which it does, encouraged by each of us me and 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 Mel Gibson but also nurtured by the, the creators in dick Donner, absolutely wonderful indispensable in the whole process <laughs> to have all that to come together at some point in time nobody has anything to say about that you know there were good shows that were on wonderful shows that were were going that kind of exemplified this kind of feeling of sensibility and everything else but I don't think any of us had the idea that it would have this kind of, yeah, this takes, take thirty some more more than thirty years. You know, yeah. it was the first one was released in eighty seven. That's thirty over thirty two years ago. Yeah, that's over thirty two years ago. And it, that it would have the kind of life that happened. And, yeah, yeah, That and, and maintain the life of, of a moment of possibilities and in in relating to, to uh, relationships, possibilities, She's totally different people. Yeah, um, yeah. So so. so, so so and have it have its kind of universality in the sense you know but all over the world and then no idea and they kept asking you back huh they kept asking you back they keep asking asking me back they want more more. you
3: want more (laughs) more 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 more. yeah but it it did it did resonate a lot with the audience oh absolutely and and hence why the people people wanted you back it wasn't just about making money it was they wanted to live with them characters a bit longer
4: well, yeah, I I think that that ultimately, uh, yeah, money m- money money is often an outcome of what happens. You know, uh, if, if if it if it didn't make the money that it made, it only made it the money that it made for one reason: that people felt they had to see it, they wanted to see it, yeah, they yeah. wanted to see it over and over and over again. That's what on the sense it exemplifies something else, that I don't know. It Mel and I can explain in any way. You know, maybe it's maybe it's what they want to believe, what they want to see, and we, in some ways, exemplified that in some sort of way. Yeah. Under of but that's the say. So it's it's not it's, it's not we don't walk around with a big S on our chest talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the people who came and felt that this was something that helped helped me. Help me get through tomorrow and the next day, and that's important. And and it yeah. makes me, in some sense, in the middle of something, laugh at a moment, you know, yeah. and everything else. And that, that's sometimes what entertainment does as well, yeah. you know. It's got to be escapism. It's got to. It, yeah. it, it, it has to be. It's that. It's that in a sense. So what it is essentially what the, it extends beyond what between happens between the two of us, it spins between. It, it extends itself by what happens inside of yeah. those who who pass it down, who sit with their their, uh, their son or daughter, who yeah. sit with their grandson or granddaughter or yeah. whatever, whoever they, whatever thing, whatever sense. And across just 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 um, just across what we say say across whether we're male or female, but it's something about that, you know, in a sense. Yeah. And we don't, I don't know, the fact is you sit down and analy- analyze it. You can't analyze that. You, you can't, you, you can't write, write a dissertation and analyze that and say, this is the prescription mm-hmm. to get this and that and that. And if something happened yes. with the beautiful thing of film, because film is where, right here, yeah. everything, every story is told right here. Yeah. From the beginning of film to right now, it's still here. Yeah. Right there. It's all about people. It was a lightning in a bottle moment, wasn't it? So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And that that opened you up for me, because you were doing a lot of great parts before that, the Colour Purple, things like
4: that. But it opened you up to, to bigger parts and bigger roles. And Well, it did. I mean, each, each, each movement, each, uh, that each time, from Places in the Heart to Silverado, to Witness, to... To the color purple, uh, made made uh, elite the weapon possible. You know, Mel. Warner Brothers was going to do a genre film like that, whether I was in it or Mel was in it. Somebody's going to be. It's going to be two characters. They had fixated in mind, yeah. and, and maybe they're they're in some ways watching their own their own uh, that the uh, cultural changes that they don't have control over, yeah. and maybe they uh, have in some sense. Someone probably writes the script that bring these two together. Now. We all know that the characters weren't a white and black character initially. No, no. But how can you think of it anything else? Nope, it, how do you think uh, it a meaning meaningful within a framework, within a social framework where um where the ev the evidence of a stable black family and also that of a, of a an erratic kind of suicidal a uh, 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 single man who's lost something in his life yeah. and is trying to find himself finds itself in conjunction with this relationship he has with this this family, yeah. a family. Yeah, and, yeah. And that, that's one of the important messages of it. So. That that's in some sort of way, and yeah. it sense lays out that for whatever we want, we can take out of what we can take anything we want out of the production that we make. Between ourselves that humanizes us. We can take it and take it anywhere we wanna take it, you know? We can take it and build and want to and build on ourselves and the possibility the possibilities of our own collective transformation. And that's big, those are big words, big ideas and everything, but we can take that. Everything that we do as an individual informs everything that we all do collectively as human, human beings on the planet. Everything we do, Absolutely. it informs us, you Absolutely. know. And it's important that we take that on board every time. So I, I, I think, I think more than that, you know. So in a sense, I want to believe that, 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 that. My work is a work that sensitizes me in a different way. I want to believe that the the that uh, only me that it brings it, it creates another kind of open station for much larger because it's much larger than us. Mm-hmm. You if you can't live your life in thinking that it's much larger than ourselves that it's it's bigger than what we can we can think about whatever the, our legacy. My, my father's my father's legacy of who he was was much larger than me. Yeah. Him, and him and this is what he produced in his it with his children with five children and everything my mother's too my I go to the Chinese New Year in San Francisco and going to Chinese you know I'm invited by a, a friend of mine who's Chinese American everything big celebration every year I come there five guys coming up to me Chinese mm-hmm. man Jimmy Glover he trained me in the post office yeah. man you <laughs> know I don't know who this Danny Glover is, but I know Jimmy Glover. And if he's anything like Jimmy Glover, Danny Glover's anything like Jimmy Glover, then he's okay. That's (laughs) fine. I don't care what kind of movies he did, if he's (laughs) anything like Jimmy Glover, then he's all right, man. And that was the greatest feeling... That I've, one of the greatest feelings that I've had. Yeah. Because I knew, I I, I knew who he was, mm, and was in my way yeah, all yeah, as yeah. his son, yeah. Yeah. as somebody who I knew from five years old and fell in love with when I was five years old, as somebody I knew until he took his last breath mm-hmm. and I was with him when he took his breath. I knew who he was to me, but to for other people to find that in him, that was the key. Yeah. That validated, in some ways, in a larger context, what he meant to me. Not just me as his son and his other, as other children, my siblings and yeah. everything else. But it must much to and all that. So, wow. When I saw them celebrate him, they were saying, he, say, he just said in Mandarin, he says, I don't know who this other guy is, Danny Glover, <laughs> but I know Jimmy Glover. You know, that's <laughs> is the, <he> important. <laughs> and as I said, this call, this, my daddy and who he was, my father and who he was, trans... Trans, trans transcend beyond language and culture. Yeah, because it's some kind of contact they had in a workplace where both of them respected each other, honored each other, yeah. and had a certain union that that that, that was that, that that brought them together and everything. Uh, and, and that's sadly what we're that's, lacking a lot now. You know? That well, I don't think we we, we like it. I think in, well, in I some think, areas. Well, I think what happens is that sometimes you have those forces. Which are, are not geared toward bringing about the possibilities that present Who, in some sense, service another interest than bringing human beings together. Yeah,
3: you know what could they mean, out of it. And,
4: and you know that, and, and this is always a challenge. Where are we live, this this period, other periods in time in human history, other periods in times in in, in, in in European history and American history and everything else. But all I'm saying, all I'm saying, is that to be able to to be able to kind of i just say be able to say those particular mo- moments and to be able to kind of identify those moments c- cap cap uh, capsulize those moments in a way, and be able to try to live them. It's too hard. Two, two different things. With everything, with everything we have, all the stress that we have in modern life, all the ways in which we our, our systems are often led to dehumanizing us, in us instead of humanizing us even more. You know, we can only go to this planet and humanity if we become human in a way we can't can't imagine. Maybe there was a moment in time in human history where you found societies were human in a way much more imaginable than we could think but we the only way we're going to save humanity is to find something like that in concert with its own relationship to mother earth and nature itself yeah and stop being so bloody selfish yeah <laughs> yeah
3: coming back to the films mm-hmm. we uh, you've got a new one coming out very very soon next week it comes out in the uk jumanji the next <laughs> level <laughs>
4: What was it like working on that one well you know i i can't say a lot about that i gotta wait for how people see it uh, uh the, the beauty of it was for me one of the beauties of it was jake Kazan. i remember him when he was 11 years old <laughs> because his father is larry casden yeah, yeah. and we did two wonderful films one the two of the most collaborative experiences that i have it was with lawrence Kasdan, on on Grand Canyon and of course on the iconic Silverado. I don't want to kill you, and you don't want to be dead. <laughs> One of the great, that's the great, great. Lives. I don't want to kill. Right there at that particular moment, you know. <laughs> so so I mean, from that vantage point, from that vantage point, there was there was there was that sense to, to know that I'm working with his son, and that and that was beautiful in a sense, you know. And then working with Danny. And and Danny DeVito, which is always a joy. That's the second time we worked together. We uh, 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 we worked together in the Grisham now, the uh, uh, Rainmaker, you know, and stuff like that. And but it's it's uh, but it was have those particular moments. But I think we're interested in enough people to find out what 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 uh, what, what what Dwayne. Uh, and and uh, 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 Chris—not Chris, but Dwayne and Dwayne uh, and uh, Kevin—do yeah. with do with it. It's, it's it's a beautiful part of it. Yeah. All right. Would
3: uh, you have preferred to actually get your hands dirty and get in the jungle and all that sort of thing? Or?
4: Well, I don't I don't know. The story isn't of itself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, um, I'm a little too old running around. about <laughs> to <laughs> say it. I, I'm a little too old running around in the jungle. <laughs> oh, man. I was thinking, man, when I think about that, it felt good. You know, it felt good. A predator running around, jumping here, hanging off this thing right here, fighting hand-to-hand combat with the with the with the predator himself and everything else. And uh, that felt good, but that was nineteen ninety. <laughs> <laughs> What <laughs> right is here, man? And when I look at that, I, I look at the when I look at pictures of me right here, like the one that they have on on this, and you know, you know that I'm come for the love of sci-fi, yeah. for the love of sci-fi, right here in Manchester. Saturday, I mean, excuse me sun, Saturday and Sunday yeah. this week on the 7th and 8th right here, we're here on December 7th and 8th, but me it's great looking at myself at that particular point in time, you know not going to relive it, but delivering myself at that particular point in time alright <laughs> right
3: brilliant, thank you very much Danny
4: <laughs> pleasure's mine
2: blimey there's a lot going on in his mind, isn't there?
3: Yep, lovely bloke.
2: He is, he's, uh, he sounds really nice, actually, and they genuinely, yeah, he doesn't sound like he's up his own backside like some of these. No. you know.
3: I've, I've been lucky, I've interviewed a few people over the last couple of months for this very show, mm. and you've heard some of them, and they've all been really nice. Yeah. I'm waiting for the, the one dickhead, but...
2: No, no. No? No?
3: I you never, mean... You never it, know when you're going to get them.
2: Yeah... Then you just don't put the bloody interview out, do you? Then well, you know, obviously you just not. Leave but... it, don't you? But no, I know where you're coming from. I mean, no. I've met a few that are a bit woo-woo, and I've met some that are really great, you know. But you know,
3: as, as you heard, he was very forthcoming in, in his his own opinions and his own. Yeah. He, he would he would just wait to tell his stories, and that's great.
2: Yeah, of course. But yeah, he seemed really relaxed, didn't he? Yeah, really, yeah. You know, it's, uh, nice that you got him. Uh, you made him at ease. So well, yeah, he, he I mean he'd, he'd up up done a bit. few
3: before me and uh so I think that's why we got a little bit longer, but
2: Yeah. It was uh it's good. Good, man. Well, that was interesting, that and that, that film when when was that released? It was
3: that um the your film yeah. came out I think it's tomorrow.
2: Is it tomorrow? It's yeah. not out yet, is it? Or, or tonight even. Yeah. It's um, so, yeah. It's unexpected all that, isn't it? The return of that franchise. I mean it it doesn't Get rid of the robin williams one no. you can watch that and you can watch these two and what 's the uh za, za road to za, yeah. the, the space one yeah. which <laughs> but, which is which it, is supposed to not be but it is the, part
3: of the the canon apparently
2: well yeah, I mean well, the novel was a direct sequel but yeah. the, the the if I remember the director of that at the time. Was they, saying, they didn't market it as, as yeah, a Jumanji Well, sequel. Jumanji didn't do that well, that's the thing. No. Everybody thinks that the original one with Robin Williams was was a, a big hit. and, and It did it well remained. on video. But... It did really well on VHS. Mm. It did really, really well on VHS, but that was a box office failure, yeah. and it was seen as a, a poor Robin Williams film. I mean, he he only really got started getting the proper big... Kudos with Good Morning Vietnam. I mean yeah. that, that just exploded for him, and then then my favourite Robin Williams film is the Dead Poets Society. That's an amazing uh, film, uh, and you know uh,
3: the Fisher King probably.
2: Fisher King is amazing mm. as well, and that's it. So that so in the hindsight of this catalogue, um, Jumanji's been like reappraised, hasn't it? Now yeah. to a young person, that's a, a great Robin Williams film.
3: But it's this this uh, new versions of the film well there was continuations really but the yeah. uh, Welcome to the Jungle was actually really really good it's a good film it's really yeah, good. It's nice land. little romp yeah. so I'm quite looking forward to seeing this new one
2: I do you know what I understand why they, they I know why they did the trailers and the blurb and the outline um, the plot outline the way they did I know that I get that if you've got people on board like Danny DeVito you've got people like Danny Glover on you don't you don't want to be hiding that I get that I do think that would have been a great twist, just yeah. to be watching that film and then realise. And you think that you go and see a film where it's the same again; those kids go into the video game characters and get on with it. I think the fact that it's the two granddads, yeah, I mean, that would have been a hilarious shock. That if you, yeah, had yeah, it, but I get it. You know that but that was your unique selling point, a reason to see a, a follow-up. Yeah, one. it's not
3: just doing the same old thing. Yeah, I know.
2: I just, I just thought it's quite. Because it's quite a funny idea that, yeah, you know? yeah. But I have always liked that that bit where, like in in the the other one, the where you know they they're playing against type, aren't they? Where they, yes, yeah,
3: yeah. the, their avatars are not yeah, what they totally expect them crazy, to be.
2: Yeah, uh, and they've got obviously the one who's really looked out is the one who ends up the rock, is Yeah,
3: yeah. And he's like the little nerdling.
2: Yeah, I know that, that's brilliant. And, that. and
3: the, the was it the girl ends up Jack, Jack Black? Black going,
2: yeah, I'm a middle aged man. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I
2: loved it. Very good, a lot of fun. Yeah, I like that. So there have been a few, uh, a few trailers hit this week.
3: They have indeed some biggies. Right.
2: Well, Wonder Woman, 1984. W. Oh, it, the I don't know if they're going to actually call it Wonder Woman 1984 when it's released because the, the, all the posters, all the blurb, all the promotional materials are all WW84. Yeah so i don't know whether that's just the marketing
3: i think that's just for hashtags
2: yeah i just wonder because you know how, how it is. you get you end up uh, with weird situations where the official bbf classifications are sometimes quite bonkers you know um, kill bill mm. volume 2 the the actual certificate that came up on the screen just said volume 2 has been too, i don't know how how they yeah uh, that's
3: that's that's bizarre because you have to have Get a proper certificate for that, yeah. I know,
2: yeah. So, yeah, well, Wonder Woman 1984, yeah. That say it's in a bit of development help that because they had a bad screening and apparently they hated the ending of it but really enjoyed it. It went down great to a certain point. The story and the ending, and they're doing a lot of rescue work on that now. So, hopefully, it's going to turn out okay because there's plenty of films that have done that and they've ended up great. Now, the trailer... Do you
3: know that, what the trailer reminded me of? What? Thor, Ragnarok.
2: Yeah, so it's a very similar vibe, wasn't it? With the the, the, the way that
3: the letters moved yeah. and...
2: Yeah, and the colours. And and, the, and, and the, also the yeah. use
3: of music to, yeah. to and punch even, And
2: even the way that um, Wonder Woman flew in the air and then, you know, jumped over a, a truck. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you one thing I do know for a fact... Um, the invisible plane is in this,
3: but you can't see it.
2: Well, yeah, you know, that's the thing, <laughs> isn't it? I've always liked that, it's it's I, crazy. I hope I, they do
3: it as like just dots.
2: Well, people are confused by it when, when I explain that people don't seem to remember it. And then if they see an old 1970s Wonder Woman and they go, Oh, that's ridiculous, that with that plane, oh, that's yeah. that's ridiculous, and they go, Right, so. What what's ridiculous about that? What I mean,
3: you want you want the invisible plane to make you invisible as well, though, wouldn't you? Yeah. So you're not just looking like you're flying in the middle yeah, of nowhere.
2: Well, the thing thing with that plane because in both series, the first season of Wonder Woman, with Linda Carter was set in World War Two and mm. it had a sort of a very World War Two plane, and then she had a jet plane in the seventies. Yeah. And but the thing is, she can fly, so you're kind of like oh, what are you, what are you doing? that's like Superman having a little plane why, why and I'm sure they'd have done plane? that you know but no one can understand it and, and it's it's a tough one for me I can defend most other aspects of the mythology but when someone starts going on to me about that plane I'm, I'm struggling a little bit but I do love <laughs> it, I love seeing it so I've, I never in a million years thought you'd get that in in one of these films cause, but well, maybe, it? maybe
3: it's a throwaway moment
2: yeah. you never know and they're, they're actually flying it in the trailer there and Steve Trevor are in it. You just see a couple of seconds of it oh, right, and yeah. it's see-through. So it's bound to be that. isn't it? <laughs> but I loved it. One of the most amazing things about it is the um, Blue Monday, the the synth version yeah. by the not, uh, Swedish guy.
3: I'm not a big fan of the uh, of the New Order band. Oh, I
2: know you hate the song. I get that. Uh, uh, but... But yeah, I think it I like the, the era, though, didn't
3: it? The way the uh, they punctuated the trailer with the the, the drums—that yeah. was good. Yeah, I enjoyed exactly. that a lot. But yeah, right
2: about the Ragnarok thing, it's got it's got that where you're expecting a certain you're, you've seen the other one, you're expecting something similar, maybe brought more up to date, and all of a sudden it's it's very pop art. It's yeah. very, you know, very different. Now it's the same director, Patty Jenkins, and And she's, you know. Yeah, she got an awful lot... I personally thought she was up her own arse a little bit. and I mean, she kept going on Twitter every five minutes. It's an amazing achievement for a woman going to finally have a strong female character. Jesus that's Christ. That's a bit rude to have all the it's other strong rude, female characters. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing that got me. I'm mean, like, what? You think that that's the first female character that's been, had a blockbuster runaway hit? Well, yeah. au contraire. Uh, hello, Alien. Ripley. Yeah, Aliens. <laughs> Jesus, aliens took a fortune at the box office, you know, they yeah, the even in the first one, she was a tough, tough, tough lady. She got yep. to the end, she was the last person standing, but in Aliens, she was bloody outmarined the Marines in that film. Yeah, yeah. You know, get away from her, you bitch. And then you've got Patty Jenkins going, at last. Oh, go off, get off with yourself. Yeah, that's, that's insulting, but I can't, again, well, I didn't. I, I do like the character of Wonder Woman. I love the mythology. I did enjoy Linda Carter as as Wonder Woman when I was a kid growing up. It's great fun.
3: Whilst was, there was a couple of great points in it.
2: Oh dear me, dear dear me. Uh,
3: uh, but, a, a lasso thing. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what was good about that TV show though? She was actually fighting. Um, the, all right, it still had a bit of the Incredible Hulk about it and Spider Man where. They'd be, they'd be, she'd be closing down a drug dealer or yeah. whatever, it, you know. it just, uh, <laughs> But 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 there were some supervillains in it. And, and yeah. she fought a Nazi Wonder Woman at one point and stuff. And it, it was quite good. But she, her as Wonder Woman, no problem. I just I hated that battle at the end of the other one. Again, it was more of a DC. Yeah. Digits it was just over more, of, more of Reliance on special effects again. You know. And so... Yeah, that that was it. But this, this is my kind of film. I love films where you've got an immortal character that that is transplanted out of their, you know, the time period you're used to and being in, and they're just mm-hmm. thrown into the modern day. I love that. And and what's good about this is you've took her out of World War One, and then she's in an era that's round about the time when the Linda Carter series was on. So, yeah, so probably bit, when it finishes, it's about yeah. three, yeah, because yeah. it ran to about 82, I think. Yeah, so I quite like this. I like the idea, I like the look of it a lot. I, it's interesting that Chris Pine's back in it, yeah, because he's another he's a fish out of water again. That, yeah, that's yeah, It's yeah, like.
3: interesting to see what they do with that character and, and how they're going to explain, yeah, he's not aging,
2: yeah. And they're very much now just rolling with this, aren't they? They're just putting him out, and yeah. I don't know they're even going to bother with any crossover bits
3: I definitely no. think that would be disastrous
2: well you've got two characters that have worked that have done well been well received publicly Aquaman and Wonder Woman and Shazam now but Shazam wasn't that crossed over I mean they, it wasn't meant to be well the shitbag but, shuffled. they yeah. you had a you were supposed to have a cameo by Henry Cavill at the end and instead you just had the Henry Cavill Superman costume but cut the head off which worked actually really worked well so I mean at the moment they're casting for Superman but yeah. Cavill is still doing interviews saying no 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 I'm dying to get back to doing that character and I go well I don't think you're going to have a say in it Sunshine no, because they gone... want
3: to burn the bridges and...
2: yeah they do uh, that po face version didn't work and you know, and all the moaning from Affleck has got him out of that role. So you've got a new, but you can't really start like a crazy quilt, can you? You starting no. bits. Oh, we'll have him there and not him. And I think they got to do it again. But have you heard all this talk about this Snyder cut of Justice League and why? Yeah, and yeah. all of them are all crying out for this and they're saying, oh, we want the release of the Zack Snyder cut. Yeah, because anyone who's not aware. You probably all will be, but the the film was part way being done, but during the making of it, Batman versus Superman had bombed. There was a big, massive backlash against it, and they decided we need to change direction a little bit with this. But it was halfway through making it, and then Zack Snyder had a bereavement and stepped down, and they drafted in Joss Whedon, and he Whedonized it, <laughs> and he and there. But here is the thing. Everybody, it, it, Zack Snyder had his way with Man of Steel and everybody hated that version of Superman. A lot of people did. I mean, there's some people who think it's great, but they're very much in the minority on that and the the taking show, because it just stopped dead after the first week. Batman v Superman, pretty much everybody hated that film. I don't know, there's hardly anybody I've, I've heard even say it was okay or watchable. So why the hell would you want and don't get me wrong, Justice League's a mess. It feels like a Frankenstein of a film. Mm. It, you can see the joints a mile off. Yeah, yeah. Why would you think that the Snyder Cut, when you've had two... D- d- say, Gus, I, if I was to say one of them a disaster and one very mixed bag, that both of them films, they've not been received well at all, yeah. and they've not took the money that was expected. And surely
3: he'd left early enough where they hadn't filmed everything.
2: Apparently they'd filmed enough for his cut to have been put together and he'd, he this, they wanted changes to lighten the mood and we did film that. Hmm. It was in post-production when he left, apparently. It was further on than you know. And apparently the, the Snyder cut just needs special effects work.
3: Like the uh, final cut.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was hideous. That, that moustache and the, that some of the fight sequences. I've got to say, in that when you at the same time you've got Marvel introducing you to Thanos, which as a computer-generated bad guy played by Brolin, what a character!
3: We've got a new version of Thanos now as well. Have mm-hmm. you seen that? Wait,
2: oh, oh! Are you talking about Donald Trump's yeah. Twitter feed? It's it's like insanity, isn't it? Yeah. It's like insanity. Who? But, who
3: but I think he, he's certainly yeah. put himself in the right mode.
2: Well, the thing is, they had him computer. They just put him his face superimposed. It's, it's not even very good. Is no, it? no. But they have just put him over Thanos when he's doing the snap, and then you see everyone disappearing. So, like, okay. So on one level, what he's, he's this strong, strong guy is so a need That's what he's supposed to be getting off. So he's a mass murderer. Yeah, He's, he's killed half the people in the universe. He's, he's owning mean, up. Billions upon billions of people. He's a mass murderer. He, he wants to portray himself as a mass murderer who actually lost at the end as well. Yeah, yeah. So he's a loser and a mass murderer. Well, you know, this is the way we want it to go. <laughs> God, talk about pop culture i know jim Stalin was upset about that and then he and then he went yeah i was upset about it until i realized what a mistake Dick had done really yeah, using yeah. using that he had fanos and then they fought Wolf. that that was a, it's so badly done A bad guy in that film in justice league was so bad it's so awful to watch. I mean, it's not you don't suspend disbelief for a second, do you? No, not at all. That that it's a real person or a real creature. It's just you know what it is. No, it's just weird to me that they they're crying for this Zack Snyder cut of a film that do you know what, you really think that's gonna be a masterpiece? You've seen two movies. Uh, Man of Steel's a Better Made movie. It's a proper movie, and it's just the characterisation of Superman that I hate, Um, whereas that's at least made... Batman v Superman's an absolute disastrously badly made film. Yeah. Cut to bits, and if you watch the... I made the mistake of watching the full version that's two hours, 40-odd minutes. I watched it on the plane, and I was a captive audience. I had nothing else to do, and I I was struggling. (laughs) And the extra bits do not add... No, Because all you get is more of that twat as Lex Luthor.
3: Right. So we move on to the next trailer.
2: Yeah. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yep. Right. Yeah, that was an interesting one, wasn't
3: it? You're not. You're not sold.
2: Right. I like where it's coming from. Those are the grandparents of Egon, and anybody that that, that people are actually arguing about this online, going, "Are they really? Is it? Is it?" And they've got no. They've left it open ended. It's, it's as going to have subtle, to be, isn't it? A, no, it's as subtle as a sledgehammer. Of course it's Egon. Of course there is grandkids. Of course, right, number one, the clue. They've inherited that, which means that that character's dead. So it's not going to be Ernie Hudson. It's not going to be Bill Murray. It's not going to be Dan Aykroyd. So that's clue number one yeah. that makes it very likely to be in. Clue number two, all the way in the in his little room uh, of the dead guy, you've got a load of Petri dishes, moulds and fungus. Think back to the original film and how he introduced himself and uh, I'm into, I've, I grow moulds and fungus. Yeah. That's literally what he says. Do you have any hobbies? I collect spores, moulds and fungus. And then the one that you really you, there's no real getting around this. I'm surprised that people are still Look After this, going on about it, it shows you his old jumpsuit, his old Ghostbuster jumpsuit, and it says Spengler on it. Yeah. So, yeah, of course it's him. Yeah. Why Why are people. But, yeah.
3: People just want not
2: to sure. be. Yeah. I thought that was. A, I didn't even think that was a contention. I no. thought they were showing you that it's him. Yeah, so, without actually laying it on yeah. the line. Yeah. So, I quite like that. That's good. But I've got to say, it is a. I did enjoy. I, I like the idea of the story. I like the idea that it's been years since there's been ghosts, and that was that was an era where they had crossed over, and now it's changed. But now they might be coming back, and there's no one to step up. That's good. I like the fact that the the stuff's all been left, and they've found it. All oh, that's good. There's a little bit of the Stranger Things emulation they're there. Still,
3: they're still definitely going to go with that, especially with Finn Wolf out uh. there.
2: Of course, yeah, but you know, you are, you know, you, you don't really just want a load of kids as Ghostbusters though, do you, really? No. You, you, well, they already yeah. did that in the show. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's really not what you want. Um, however, they will, I suspect, there will be two, a couple of kids and a couple of adults, yeah, which might yeah for an interesting mix. That's fine, that's okay. Hell of a risk not having a chewy at home moment at the end. No, of that'll be that be original.
3: trailer two.
2: Yeah, no, but really, you want You don't? You you're not making some capital on that. Everybody I know.
3: knows the back. I, I'm actually hoping that they're not in the film, but they're just there on the TV screen. You know, in, in archive footage. No, and they've in. just they've credited them just as. To... No,
2: they're in they're in the film.
3: I know, but I hope that because I don't want to see them again
2: they've been filmed on set they've been yeah, photographed on set do not want to see them in these films
3: that's what brought down the other film and yeah, the fact no, it was were, bad they but. were
2: cameos, they were playing different characters if they turn up, right, there's nothing wrong with this in in the beginning, first episode of Star Trek Next Generation Doctor McCoy's there just as an old centenarian walking around the new enterprise he's been out or, or, uh, invited as a, a dignitary just to come and, and wish him well it's a formal thing and he wanted to wander around as a chat with data and um it was a lovely heartwarming beginning and it was a passing of the torch moment that's what you're going to get with us you there's nothing wrong with that passing uh, of the that. torch moment as
3: long as it doesn't go more than that
2: yeah, well, they, they, I mean, but that gives it a stamp of authority. The those cameos ruined that other film.
3: They, they were awful.
2: They were fucking dreadful. I mean, they, you've got Bill Murray. I can't believe he agreed to do that. It was so shit, and he's the one who's the most awkward of the lot. Then you had Dan Aykroyd. He was playing whatever. I can't remember now. I just found it confusing, but the wor- the most confusing bit is you did have Egon on it as a bust, and even that was intrusive. Yeah. So no, that that's it. I am looking forward to this film though. No, it
3: should be good. Is, I it, am. It, it's, it looked better than I expected. It to. I am.
2: Yeah. I I'm just I'm just surprised. That's all. I just I just thought that there'd be the bit there'd be a Chewie I'm home moment. No, I, th- th- is, I
3: think that know? as a trailer it worked on yeah. on its own merits there.
2: Yeah. Certainly. It got me interested. Yeah, so. of course, and it is very, very, very different, isn't it, from from yeah. from the the 2016 one. Very different. Yeah, I mean, it needed to be, but definitely. Yeah, you
3: know, I mean that that had its moments that were okay, but then if they didn't have them cameos, it might have been more watchable. Yeah.
2: Well, we've got a bit of time. We can talk about the film festival. Yay!
3: Film festival uh, next year, March thirteenth and thirteenth uh, and fourteenth, Friday and Saturday again. Indeed. Uh, we're back at the Social 7 at the landing, Media City.
2: Media City, right across from Coronation Street.
3: Yep, you can literally see it. You can. Uh, tickets and it's a great venue. It is, a lovely venue. Uh, everybody adored it the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, tickets are on sale now. If you go to Skiddle, if you look on uh, on our Facebook and things like that, on, on the Starburst Film Festival Twitter, all the links are there. Uh, but announcements—we've promised announcements. Yep. Uh, we've got two films that we can announce straight away. One is the Black Gloves, which you might say, "Oh, I've seen that one." Laurie Brewster's film with the mm-hmm. the Owl Man. Yes, you've seen it, but you've not seen it this version. This is he's redone it in colour because it was a great black and white moody piece. Mm-hmm. Laurie's going to be there as well as the the writer Sarah Daly, his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're going to get the chance to meet the Owl Man. The Owl Man will be there. Will he? Yeah.
2: You see, do you know what? This is the bit that's confusing me because I thought that he wasn't real because it was just a film.
3: No, nope, he's real.
2: Right. Well, he's going to be there then. He's yeah? going to be there. Right.
3: Limited photo ops. We're not going to charge you extra for that though. That's all good. We're not these.
2: And no nicking feathers.
3: No. He'll tell you to pluck off.
2: You'd be surprised. It's a good souvenir, though, that's too tempting, isn't it? Well,
3: yeah, I'm going to keep it on you. Yeah. The other film is a world premiere. No one's seen this apart from us. All right. Uh, this is A Little More Flesh. Yes. You won't have heard of it before because they've not really done any uh, any uh, pre preamble of anything like yep. that online. It's not even got an IMDb yet. Yeah. Uh, directed by Sam Ashurst, who, uh, who did Frankenstein's Creature. A couple of years ago. Very good right. film. Uh, and co written by Elf Lyons, who appears in it. And and I'm I'm gonna just give you the 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 thing that that Sam's given me to say about it. It's it's <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. It's, Go on. It's a bold and incendiary exploration. Not exploitation. Exploration Fraudian slip of misogyny and the male gaze. It's a very, very powerful film there it is it's, I, I I really enjoyed it I was very very conflicted in how I should feel and I think a lot of people will be like that there's a
2: few scenes yeah that, that, that are very make wo- you but, think
3: but it's yeah it's got an, an ending that will certainly stick in your mind um,
2: yeah to say the least it will yeah uh, um, but I'll I think
3: see- I think it's going to be a very good film to everybody to try and see this year
2: yeah it, it look I'm I'm being. I'm just trying to be funny but at the end of the day it is it's a it's a film you won't forget seeing certainly not yeah. whether it's not for everyone if you are of a sensitive disposition I I can't recommend it but if you're up for shocking stuff and things that make you yeah, think a little it's bit it's going to
3: make you think a lot and yeah. and maybe think about your own attitudes to things because it did with me because I I was you know well, I don't want to go into it until people have seen it, but
2: well, there's just there's some <coughs> scenes that are, are you know they're hard to watch,
3: but they but they you know there's, it's it's a great great film, and and we've, I'm dead proud we've got it on, and let's because we've only got a couple of minutes because we've got a show coming up after this. Uh, guest number one that we have, yeah, uh, we've been wanting this guy here for a long time, Graham Humphreys. Oh right! Yeah, who is uh, obviously the poster artist I for for a lot of the stuff that Arrow do, and, uh, and yeah. he does the fright fest posters, and he does posters for everybody. But he did the, the, Evil or, the original mm-hmm. Evil Dead yeah, for the, Palace Pictures.
2: If you, if you, you. Love horror films. You've seen this guy's artwork, even if you don't recognise it, you'll you'll it looks the same. He's got a very very distinct. It's a distinctive style. style but, yeah. but the most impressive thing about it is he uses a colour palette that nobody else tends to use, and they're very bright, very neon sort of luminous greens and purples, and I just think they work wonders. Yeah. He's one of my favourite artists of that genre. Certainly for film posters, he's made some crackers.
3: Yeah, is the, the the British Drew Strewsen. Yeah, and so we're happy to have him along. He's going to do a Q and A, uh, and we will have more announcements very, very soon. So get your tickets while you can.
2: So there you go,
3: and they're only thirty quid at the moment See, on the early bird And They prize. are
2: going up. So they will I'd, go up. I would hurry up. Um, you know, and also just to uh, before we go, just remind everybody that coming out soon. You've got the CW shows, and they're doing the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. And having seen mm. the first two episodes of it, I've got to say it's one hell of a treat. The uh, the crossover into all these other shows, and so far they've been they've been amazing cameos that you'd never thought you'd get to see. But all but when the crisis started to unfold, you know, one that I wasn't aware was even going to be touched. The earth number 8 earth 89 right Mm. earth 89 and it's Anton Furst's Gotham yeah They created with the Knox character from the uh, and and the bat signal going off in the background uh, with Danny Elfman's uh, Batman basically the, the Batman that Batman from the nineteen eighty nine with of Keaton, Keaton's batman yeah, yeah. is on Earth eighty nine. So that's another cameo. They're trying to tie every mo I thought it was just gonna be T V shows, but they're tying all the movies, all the stuff. The the Titans have turned up in it. Everything. It's all being pulled together. It's the end of an eight year long build up. It's it's say if you were impressed by the twenty two movie. Uh, journey of marvel then this is the tv version of that i mean and it is i've got to say it's delivering and it's one of the i would have said it's not possible to do the mini series crisis on infinite earths on tv or i would have thought with a movie you'd be struggling but this thing is it's knocking out of the park and it and it's doing it effortlessly as well so there we go. Awesome. Anyway, don't, don't forget to tune in next week. It's our Christmas special. We won't be there live, but we uh, we hope you'll tune in. And you get it on podcast if you can't make it. But it, it will be our last show as we have our Christmas break. And then we'll be back in the new year and we'll let you know plenty of time. In the meantime, I've been Mike and he's been Martin. And hopefully we'll be all getting together for Christmas special next week. Tumbling through a thousand centuries,
1: you don't know where you land. It's a so
4: dark in mythology, treasures of history to be found.
0: Listening to Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe, every Wednesday, 8 pm until 10 pm, exclusive to Fab Radio International. Starburst Radio is sponsored by Fab Cafe. TV and movie theme bar, 109 Portland Street, Manchester.